Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. It's been a hell of a week, my friends, especially with what's going on in Washington. So we have a lot to cover tonight. We're going to be in Washington, D.C., on the floor of the Senate, obviously. The Hudson River, Iraq, and New York City. Uh, Chicago, Toledo, Ohio, Switzerland, and Puerto Rico. Let's start with the United States Senate. What's going on in the Senate today? What was going on in the Senate today? What will be going on in the Senate for the next few days? And it's an absolute disgrace. Let me put it simply and bluntly. I spent 46 years in the courtroom. I was a trial lawyer. I tried them all. Uh, A trial means you have witnesses. A trial means you have exhibits. You have documents to sustain your your witnesses' proof. They're not going to have witnesses. Oh, they're going to decide at it after they hear whatever they're talking about in three or four days, whether they should call witnesses and who. They're not even, this may even go to a vote without hearing the testimony that came out during the House hearings. Okay? That's simple. It's the wrong. Absolutely wrong. The American people should be up in arms with what is happening. Uh, They just don't want to take the proof, the necessary proof. They don't even want to hear the proof and then find the president innocent. Some of them might find it hard, so they don't want to hear anything at all that's negative about Donald Trump. Uh, I just can't believe the people will let this happen. It's going to happen. Don't get me wrong. It is going to happen, I believe. But what will the reaction be? Will they elect Trump in November? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Half the people in this country still like Donald Trump. Why, I don't know, but they like him. Uh, They're getting it, uh, I'm going to say it this way, shoved up their poopers and they don't realize it. Or maybe they enjoy it. Forgive the way I present it. Uh, Because if he is elected president, we're in very bad shape. This country's in bad shape now. It's going to be in worse shape, absolutely worse shape. Uh, He has people that are around him now, and they're they're gaining more and more powerful, and some of the powerful have come to join him. If he's reelected, he's off and running. I mean, he's Hitler and Mussolini in the 1920s and 1930s in Italy and Germany, respectively. Uh, This is not going to be a good place to live, I'm telling you right now. I know those of you who think he is your hero do not agree with me. They laugh when I talk like this. But we're going down the tubes. We are going down the tubes, something that none of us thought could ever happen. And it's all very bad in the Senate. It's not going to get better. I'm smiling as I say this. I watched most of it today. They're going. They're going to go to the middle of the night. These guys are crazy. He's pushing them. Um, uh, The Senate Majority Leader, uh, Mitch McConnell, is pushing them. We're going to work 12 hours a day. We're going to get this done in two days, certain parts of it in 24 hours. Uh, Now they've agreed today to go three days or uh, spread the 36 hours maybe or spread the 24 hours off. Uh, How are some of these older senators going to stay up till 3 in the morning? I mean, this this is absolute insanity. Uh, even a judge in a courtroom. I never had to work. I, some nights we worked till 6, 7 o'clock because the case was going on forever. We're in the courtroom five weeks. we got to get this case finished. 
So we'd work a couple hours longer, or we'd start at 8 or 9 in the morning. But never 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. You can't do justice. No part of a trial can come out in a just fashion when your people are haggard and tired, especially when you're taking, you're getting information that isn't sufficient to make a decision on. Bad situation. We're in trouble, folks. Uh, we knew this was going to happen. Uh, from the beginning, I sense the Democrats are going to lose and the Republicans win. On the other hand, if all the witnesses were, who testified already were allowed to testify, and the three or four more that the Democrats want to testify, like Bolton, uh, it could be another. It could be a decision contrary to what even I expect now. The Republicans winning. It could be that these Republican senators. It only takes four or five, uh, and I think there would be more if these other people testified. Will say I can't do it. In good conscience, there, there's a limit. There's a line as to what I can do that I think is wrong, but I can handle it myself. But I reached that point, and I've got to say no. I'm going to vote against you, Mr. President. Now, let's go over to the Democratic side. It has nothing to do with impeachment. I'm talking about the Democratic primary. I'm talking about the last uh, debate. I'm talking about how the Democratic candidates are getting at each other's throats. Um, one thing is certain. The Democrats must have one enemy, Donald Trump. During the primary campaign, they cannot make a villain out of each other. They can't go for the juggler with each other because you can't kill someone who might end up being the Democratic candidate and give fodder, give, give, give power, give information to Trump to use against your candidate. Uh, now, what's happening here? First, we, the, these two people have been kissing <laughs> before the primaries, uh, before the uh, the debates even. I'm talking about Elizabeth Warren and uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, they both basically stand for the same things. But all of a sudden, <laughs> the last debate, and just before that, an issue came up. Uh, Sanders, uh, Elizabeth Warren said something. Sanders said during the debate uh, that, he thought she was incorrect. She comes up to him after the debate, after the debate, not realizing, even though the mics were off on stage, that there were people walking around with telephones and everything else with live mics, and says, do you realize you called me a liar over national television? So now we got that dispute. Then Bernie Sanders, he's got a hair up his ass, and I can't blame him. He worked hard his entire life. He actually believes in everything he says. He's not the typical politician. He believes in everything he says. And uh, he's had a little trouble. He didn't make it the last time with Hillary. Uh, he's hoping to make it this time. His numbers are pretty good. You, you never know. So he goes after Biden. And all of a sudden they come up with this Warren or Sanders or Social Security issue. And they're saying Biden's against Social Security. A liberal his entire life, he's against Social Security. And what they did was they, they misinterpreted what he said, and then they doctored up something he said. And so, you know, Biden came out smelling like a rose. Bernie Sanders apologized. Uh, he says, one of my staff did it. Yeah, we were wrong. I'm sorry. But you can't do that. You can't fight each other. You can't bury each other because Donald Trump will bury the winner. 
if you do it. Okay, now where are we going? Remember, remember 2009. Remember the Hudson River? His name was Sully Sullenberger. It was a U.S. air flight. Uh, it had trouble. It had taken off from, I don't know, I think, uh, either Newark or LaGuardia, and some birds went into the engines and so forth. Sullenberger, Sully, we'll go by his nickname, was the, was the captain, and he knew he could not make it back uh, to either airport. He knew if he tried and did not make it back, he would land, his plane would crash into homes and neighborhoods. So he decided to land his plane in the Hudson River. 155 people on that plane. No one ever brought a plane down that survived with everyone in water anywhere. This guy was a terrific pilot. Everything he did, his whole career, came into play that day. And he landed the plane safely. People got out. We recall the pictures. They were standing on the wings waiting for the ferry boats to come and get them. And he saved everyone's life. Uh, he's a national hero. Didn't try to be a hero. Ain't no question. To this day, people respect him as a hero. Now, why am I talking about Sully? Well, on television this past week, in an interview on a, some, one of the talk shows, uh, Trump's daughter-in-law, married to Eric, his second son, Eric Trump, Laura, not L-A-U-R-A as many people spell her name, but Lara, L-A-R-A, Lara. And she got into stuttering because it had come out earlier in the week that Trump, you know, sometimes you hear him, not Trump, I'm sorry, Biden, you hear him, and uh, all of a sudden his word or two gets jumbled. Turns out Trump said, I, I stuttered. When I was a kid, I stuttered. I had to learn how to speak, and I speak, but now every now and then I get a little, you know, it falls back a little bit, not long, and it, all my career you're just noticing it. You know, he's 70, what, 77 years old. He says, you're just noticing it. It's been my whole career like this. Uh, well, she wasn't a nice lady, Lara. Lara talked about Trump, I'm sorry, Biden's uh, stuttering this way on this talk show. She said, Joe, Joe, can you get it out? Like, can you speak, Joe? Joe, can you get it out? Let's get the words out, Joe. Joe, can you get it out? Let's get the words out, Joe. You know, she was reflecting on stuttering. She was embarrassing the man, embarrassing the man. Well, who's the first one to come to the defense of Joe Biden? Sully, Sullenberg, that great pilot, the national hero, landed his plane on the Hudson River in the wintertime, saved all 155 people on the plane. Turns out he stuttered as a young man, as a boy, and as a young man also. And he had to learn to speak properly. And he just thought it was wrong, which he did. And he said publicly to her, this is Sully, and I quote, Stop. Grow up. Show some decency. People who can't have no place in public life. Stop. Grow up. Show some decency. People who can't have no place in public life. Uh, he also said, and this was interesting, he's right. He says, we live in a culture of cruelty, quote, unquote, culture of cruelty. And he's correct. Demean people, insult people. Trump bullies people all the time, demeans and, and insults people. Well, again, Sully Sullenberg stepped up, 
did the right thing, said the right thing at the right time. Uh, and there's no shame in having stuttered, and maybe you slip up with a word now. It took it took it took seventy some odd years for the public, the national public, to become aware. It doesn't affect his mind. It hasn't affected his work to date. He has been. A, he was a senator for years, an eternity, and then vice president or Obama for eight years. God bless him. Bad people, these Trumps. Want to talk about Boeing now? Boeing. They make airplanes. You recall a year ago, maybe better, a little bit short, the 737 MAX, M-A-X, it's a plane made by Boeing. Uh, it's Boeing's big moneymaker. They, they, everybody's flying them all over the world. And I think three went down or one went down and two had to come down. And Boeing 737s have been grounded ever since all over the world. They're still trying to figure out what went wrong and correct it. And they haven't been able to do it yet. Well, the board of directors, uh, a week ago Friday, uh, decided it was time that they took the bull by the horns and they did something. The CEO of Boeing is, was, he's not an is anymore, it was Dennis Muhlenberg. Uh, he, he got nailed. They said, somebody's got to take the fall. It happened on your watch. These planes came out that were bad. We can't correct them. We're losing tons of money because we can't manufacture these these planes. We can't retool. It'd be too expensive. We're trying to find the cure. You haven't found the cure. You're gone, Dennis. You know, and, and Dennis apparently was an understanding man. He says, I'm done. I understand. Of course, his payout, you just don't fire a CEO from a major corporation. He doesn't get any money. He walked away with $62 million. Not bad. Fire me anytime. Give me $62 million. Uh, now, he isn't the only one that had to be let go. See, they've got all these lines set up where they were making 737s, but they can't make them anymore because no one's ordering them. What do they do with the 2,800 employees on the floor who were actually hands-on putting those planes together, making those airplanes. They got no work for them. So they have to be laid off. So it was announced, again, the same day as Muhlenberg uh, got his walking papers, that 2,800 employees were being laid off because there were no orders for them to work on. No orders to work on. Understandable. But whereas they had given, Boeing had given, Muhlenberg, the CEO, a severance pay of $62 million, the 2,800 everyday working employees walk away with 60 days pay. 60 days pay as opposed to $62 million. Now, there's an inequity here. There's always been an inequity with regard to the salaries in general CEOs and the people who actually do the work. You've got to pay CEOs a lot of money. They are brilliant people. They would not be in that position. They know how to do what they do. It's not easy. And when they leave, they always seem to get a big payout. On the other hand, $62 million is a lot of money. This guy's already got a lot of money because he's been being paid big dough over the years, and he couldn't have spent it all. So suppose they didn't give him $62 million. They cut it in half. They only give him $31 million and give the other $31 million shared equally to the 2,800 employees on top 
of the 60-day severance pay, something like that. It would not have hurt Muhlenberg. He can live if he had no other money. He can live on 31 million dollars. He can live on 20 million dollars the rest of his life. Uh, there's an inequity here. We have to recognize it. We've been talking about it for years at some point and do the right thing, which was not done in the case of Boeing and the 737. Let's talk about lying. Donald Trump probably holds the record for the most lies by a president. Uh, somebody's been keeping track. And I, I noted yesterday that he is, has now crossed the 16,000 uh, lie number. Uh, since he was inaugurated, he has lied or misrepresented in excess of 16,000 times. Can you imagine? Uh, no president even comes close to that. Uh, the man is basically a liar. Uh, ain't no question about it. But he lies about things he doesn't have to lie about. Maybe sometimes he's got to cover his ass. But there are times when he does it. Now, Trump decides, and Pompeo, the Secretary of State, decide they're, they're going to assassinate, not just kill. They assassinated Iran's number two military leader, uh, Soleimani. This was, what, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever. Uh, they planned it. They did it. And they admit it. They were proud of it. And Trump, with great brass testicles, says to the world, really the message was to Iran, don't you retaliate, or if you do, it better be proportional, because in effect we're the strongest country in the world, and we'll get you and we'll do you in. Hey, that's the bully Donald. So Iran waited a couple of days. I was wondering what they were going to do. How do you how do you compete with killing your number two general? Uh, and it has to be proportionate, which I disagree with. This I I I wrote a story on my blog a couple of weeks ago. I don't buy this disproportionate retaliation. You hit me, I'm gonna hit you harder back and knock you on your ass, so you don't hit me again. This bullshit be tit for tat equal doesn't fly, in my opinion. Anyhow, um, what did they do? Uh, Iran uh, sends missiles to two United States Air Force bases uh, located in Iraq. Eh. The president and Pompeo say immediately, no Americans killed, no U.S. personnel killed. That means not even a U.S. contractor. Uh, and all there was was a little property damage. A building here, a building there. <laughs> and you say, well, we lucked out. I thought we lucked out. No, no Americans were killed uh, after we killed our general. And I said to myself, this is a lousy way to retaliate. I mean, we're sending, we're, we're not getting even. It isn't tit for tat. It, is, it isn't even proportional what they did. They, they don't get any U.S. personnel, and we killed the, uh, the second biggest general in Iran. It was announced a couple of days ago that what Trump and Pompeo said, that no Americans were injured or killed, was a lie. Now, I don't know why they lied about this. turned out that 11 of our soldiers, 11 of our soldiers stationed at those two air bases, suffered severe concussions. 
and had to be flown out to hospitals in Kuwait and Germany and are still being treated. Now, you tell me why. Why lie about that? doesn't make sense to me why they lied about that. But they didn't. I'm just pointing out if you were not aware of the lie and the nature of it. Uh, this impeachment trial, I want to get back to the impeachment trial for a moment. This is stupid. Uh, you know, there isn't much in the Constitution that tells us how an impeachment trial should be conducted. We've only had, what, three trials in the history of the United States thus far. Uh, and it's sort of you make up the rules as you go along. Certain things are factual, though. The House is in charge of the investigation. The Senate is the jury. They decide whether there's guilt or not based on the information that apparently would have been, was developed or would have been developed in the House. It's not flying that way. Uh, the, the Democrats controlled the House, but at least they had witnesses and records, paper. And, but the Senate, they don't want to hear witnesses. They're going to, they're going to attend to that issue later on, they said today. They voted to leave it till after everything's done. What they want to do is just have both sides get up and talk about what's, what's what, and then vote on that. Don't call in witnesses. Don't call in John Bolton. Don't call in people like that uh, to testify. Don't Remember, Trump has not provided one White House record has not provided one White House witness, has not provided one cabinet witness, because his position is he has executive privilege. They are protected. He's full of shit. Uh, it's got to go to the Supreme Court, though. The lower courts have held. He doesn't have that kind of protection. Uh, he's the man being investigated. How can he say, I don't have to give you anything because I'm protected by executive privilege, when the proof, the evidence... It's there, but he's the one who can say whether it will be let out to someone else. Uh, no president will ever, who does bad will ever get convicted of anything or get thrown out of office. Anyhow, I don't buy that. I don't buy the long hours they're going to go. Uh, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace for us internally. It's a disgrace for us in front of the world. Uh in this particular instance, our Constitution is not working because the Republicans are interpreting the Constitution their way, dramatically their way, significantly their way. And this is the way the games play, but there, there has to be a line in the sand where righteousness takes over. And I'm not being dramatic, okay? When they went after uh, Clinton, both sides, both sides agreed on certain things. Votes were, uh, you know, 100 to 100, 100 in favor of this, 100 in favor of that. Not uh, as to his guilt, but how the cases were going to be handled. I'll tell you who can save America and save the image of our country is the Chief Justice of the United States. Uh, he sits as the presiding justice under the Constitution. He's a Republican appointee. At some point, issues are going to come up. Uh, like, can witnesses be called? Is this vote proper? And he can make decisions. The Republicans say he's just a dummy up there. He doesn't make decisions. The Constitution said he presides. Well, they're interpreting a few other words, and presiding to me means he's a judge. He's in judge of a, judge of a trial, 
try an impeachment case is where the Constitution reads. And he'll have to make certain decisions. This guy will, I think, he has stood up before and departed from the Republican line in certain cases, uh, such as Obamacare. Everybody thought he'd vote the Republican way. He was the, the, the deciding Democratic vote. And he's done it in a couple of other cases. He believes in the image, his image. He believes in the image of the court. It's very important to him. I'm hoping somewhere along the line, down the way, he does the right thing with regard to one of these votes, which will open the door, not determine guilt, open the door to witnesses and records being brought in, called in. Okay. Black Monday. I hope you all remember Black Monday. Uh, Black Monday was in our lifetimes. Black Monday was January 21st, 2008. All right? Today is January 21st. On this day in 2008, the stock market crashed. Remember? The second biggest recession in the history of the United States, only beaten by the Depression of 1929, the Great Depression. All right? The banks were ready to go under. Uh, they had screwed up. They were. They had this gambling thing with bank mortgages. They were tying them together. They made like stock transfers with them, and you could play them. And everything blew up in their faces because they were writing mortgages for people who couldn't pay their mortgages off because they want, and then they'd sell them right away to somebody who would play games with them on this, on these different stock investments, these package deals. The banks bailed out. The government, rather, bailed out the banks because if they didn't, that would have been a worldwide recession. We would still be in it. Problem from my perspective is. Our government bailed out the banks. They did not bail out the millions of homeowners who lost their their homes because they could not make their mortgage payments because they were out of work. See? Uh, the big guys got taken care of by the United States government. Uh, the little guy got shafted. Not right. All these people, there are people who are still waiting to find out what's going to happen with their homes. There were that many cases on the calendar, millions of cases in some states. Uh, wrong. I want to talk about Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, uh, it, was, well, it was Martin Luther King Day Monday, national holiday. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, African-American black man, civil rights leader back in the uh, late 50s into the 60s. In 1968, he was shot and killed. He was assassinated. Now, why am I going through this? And we respect him. I mean, he's, he's got a monument uh, in Washington, D.C. You know where Abe Lincoln sits in that big chair and Thomas Jefferson is 20 feet high. Oh, my God. It's so impressive. You must go and see it if you haven't. Uh, and the cemeteries there, the, the oh, he's got his own little place. He's got his own statue, big. Uh, so he's respected American. Uh, 
And when he died, he was 39 years old. I repeat, 39 years old. Now, why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing it up because he was such a big figure in the years leading up to his death and at the time of his death that this country honors him as they honor George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. And he was only 39 years old when he died. And he was doing all these great, good things. Pete Buttonjig, a mayor of South Bend, if he's elected, people are saying he's too young. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If he's elected, he will be 39 years old the day he's inaugurated. The same age that Martin Luther King Jr. was when he got killed, Bettinger will be that age the day he is inaugurated president. Age has nothing to do with it. You can see the. I'm not saying I'm for him or against him. I'm just saying the man's talented. I am impressed. A lot of people are against him because he's gay. It's an issue. It's a problem. It's a problem in this country. Uh, but he's smart. He's smart. I would trust him. And he's only 39 years old. His age he should have nothing to do with it. That is what Lewis is saying. Well, that's the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed the topics. <laughs> I have thousands to pick from every week. That's how much is going on in this world. I don't have to tell you that. Uh, I do a blog every morning. I've been reminding you lately. I, I do a blog you can read on the Internet. It'll take you two or three minutes. It's under KeyWestLou, L-O-U, com. KeyWestLou, one word, dot com. Uh, I do about a thousand words, and I talk about whatever turns me on, like whatever turns me on on this show. If you enjoy this show, read my blog every day. It's, you'll get many more topics, uh, and I think you will enjoy that also. They're archived. You can go back and read them once a week if you like, because once I'm done and I publish that show, it's in the it's there forever. I have no more time. This is the end of the show. Love you all. Thank you for joining me. I'll be with you again next week.